hello and welcome to another episode of Believe It, Achieve It, It's Yours with me, Kirsty. And this week we are doing a very special podcast. So what I want to say to you before you start listening is if you have been triggered by anything that you have seen or heard in the media very recently um, surrounding women and not feeling safe and different things that we have had to deal with in life. If you have ever felt in that way that you have been unsafe or you have been approached or attacked yourself, this may be a trigger point for you. So I just want to make that clear before we we, we go on. Um, but today I'm joined by one of my best friends um, who would love to get her story across to be able to hopefully help others deal with their situations as well. So hi, Kerry. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> so what we're going to discuss um, first is just a little bit of background. Um, so Kerry grew up in Northern Ireland and it would probably be safe to say that you were quite an outgoing, confident person. You'd sort of speak to anybody, easy to make friendships. Yeah, 100%. I was so confident. Anytime we would go out, I would be speaking to anyone that passed me and I probably done people's heads in because I just stopped all the time. I was like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Something changed, didn't it? Because you went um on holiday to Salou with your friends. Yep, there was a big group of us that actually went away. We went away every year, um, but we went to Salou in 2011. And no, I don't know where I'm going from there. <laughs> and you had a great time. You were enjoying it, just having a, a great girls holiday. Yeah, um, like I said, there was loads of us, so we'd went out every night. We were, what, it was 10 years ago, so it must have been about 21. Yeah. So we'd done what every 21-year-old would do, go out partying and just having a great time. And then you came across a group of guys, didn't you? Yep. And um, typical Kerry. Hi! Yeah, I make friends yeah. with everyone. <laughs> so I'd actually, they were staying at our hotel um so we'd all went out for the night and on the way back we actually had met them okay. and they'd called us over so of course i go over to make friends yep <laughs> and there was a group of them as well and we got talking and just had music playing and everything and it was fine it was good fun just a usual night yeah yeah we didn't think anything of it um i'd actually ended up i'd end up kissing one of the boys usual me <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay you were allowed yeah I was on holiday I wanted a holiday romance exactly Um, this was the day before we went home okay so um, my friends actually ended up leaving and going back to our room and I stayed on and as the night went on this person wanted more okay so for me that's not what I wanted no I just wanted to go out, have a good time, have a kiss, yep. but nothing more. Yep. So I'd said that I needed to go back to my friends and it was all, no, you don't, just stay here, you're fine. Yep. And then he had pushed me onto the bed. I'd said no. And he continued on. Mm -hmm. And after a few of this, I just kept saying I needed to get back to my friends. Yeah. I was now in panic mode. Okay. And I froze. There was nothing more I can do. It was like I wasn't in my body anymore. 
I was watching myself and my mind was saying, what are you doing? Just hit him, punch him, anything. But no, I just, my body wouldn't move. And this is like, you've never really been able to even say exactly what happened. Like you can't say the word, like he raped you. Mm -hmm. And that I know has been a huge, huge thing for you to overcome. But what happened, like what happened immediately after that? Did he realise what he had done? Did he realise why you were so upset or? No, so he continued on. And once then he was finished with me, he'd got up. I went out and I ran. I have never run so quick. And I went up to my room and I was banging on the door and obviously my friend answered it. And I just pushed past her and I ran into the bathroom because for me, I needed a shower. I just wanted to wash the whole thing away. And I blanked out a bit from there, but I do remember my friend calling me because I must have been in there a while and I wouldn't answer her. So she obviously just came on in and I was just sitting by the bath with a towel around me. So I don't actually know if I went for a shower or not. I just blanked out. Yeah. And it was at this point that your friend just knew immediately like what had happened like you didn't even have to say anything she'd seen obviously such a change in you that she ran down to the boys room didn't she yeah well she she was angry like when she had seen me she's never seen me like that before because like I say I was such an outgoing person to then be a shell of myself on the floor she knew straight away what had happened so she had spoke to me and tried to drag me down the stairs asking where he was and I wouldn't tell her anything. I just couldn't speak. And she eventually found him and she run down to him. And I don't know what had happened between them, but she came back up to me and told me that the police were on their way and I needed to go speak to them, make a statement, go get checked over. So this is so much information getting thrown at me. And I was just in yeah. panic mode at this stage. I didn't want to see anyone. I wanted to be by myself. and The last thing you wanted to do was literally go and relive it to a police yeah. officer. And the thought of going into a hospital and then poking and prodding at you as well, Yeah, I didn't want anybody touching me. No. And um, I do remember the comment that she actually made to me was, what would you do if someone done this to your niece? Now, I don't think she got the reaction that she was expecting because it didn't make me go and report it. It made me angry. So the thought of somebody doing that to someone else, I just punched walls, I trashed the place and I took myself away. I had to be away from everyone. And so how was like, so obviously then you, the next day you were travelling home? Yeah, we were actually, they were all going to go home and I was asked to stay behind because if I left the country, they couldn't do anything. Okay. But... I wanted home to my family. Yeah. I didn't want to be in a strange place by myself. And actually my friend's dad had said he would stay with me. And I just, I wanted home. Yeah. I wanted to forget about it. I knew like staying there wasn't, it wasn't going to make a difference. You've heard so many reports of this happening and it's it's your word against theirs. Yeah. And so, so did you see any of the boys again before you left or did any of the girls speak with them? Or Nope. I've never seen anyone. I don't actually really remember a lot of that day Time. before we went. Yeah. I just 
I just remember I kept myself to myself. We had went to, I think we were waiting on a bus or something and everybody was hovering around me trying to figure out what had happened. And I just didn't want to speak to anyone. No. I just wanted home. Yeah. And so what happened when you got home and you, you saw your family? So my dad was actually working away at the time and my mum was in Scotland. Okay. Um, my brother was in his own house, so I could have went to him, but I just went home. I locked the door. I got out my suitcase and the dress that I'd been wearing. I don't even know why I brought it home with me, but I brought it home and I got the scissors and I just tore it to pieces. And I was at that stage then. It was just, I was angry. I was hurt. I felt stupid. I just wanted to be away from everyone. I didn't want anybody to come around me and do the poor me or not believe me or whatever. And did you start questioning yourself like, yeah, like what, was it me? What if I hadn't have done that? What if I hadn't have done that? Was it my fault? Did well, like all those things start going 100%, through your head? 100%. I blamed myself for ages because the way I seen it is I kissed him. So if I hadn't kissed him, then I seen it as I led him on. But when I'd actually spoke to my auntie about it and I'd said, I guess, well, it's my fault. I was like, I put myself in that situation, so it wasn't his fault. And she was like, did you say no? I was like, yes, I said it loads of times because that's all you need is yeah, that no. Exactly. But for me, it was the way you always think of it is that'll never happen to me because I wouldn't let it. I would let, I would hit him. I would scream. I would bite him. I would Put do whatever. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't do that. My body froze. So the way I seen it was, that was my fault. And you gave up. Yeah. Yeah. When this is like obviously like why we, we want to talk about this, because these obviously things can happen when we least expect it. And it's not always the way that we respond that we thought we would. But after that, were you offered counselling or any help, anything like that? Or did you decide to talk about with people or did you just shy away? Well, I actually had, um, there was a policeman that was friends with my auntie and he came around to speak to me and said that obviously they couldn't do anything because it was in a different country and because I didn't get checked there and then, it would have been my word against his. So to go to court, they would then bring up anything they could on me and turn it against me that it was my fault and the best thing to do would be basically to leave it but to get counselling but I didn't feel ready no. to speak about it then I just I felt disgusting yeah do you wish you had discussed it now back then I wish just... now I wish I had have went and got tested straight away I know I think if like it was to rehappen it would it, the same things would probably go through my head where yeah. you don't you don't want anyone near you but that is the only way that you can prove that's that's happened to you and how did you deal with it when you got home in terms of like well you here you are dealing with what had just happened and all these thoughts are going through your head you don't want anywhere near you yet he's out there living his life still yeah that was that was a big thing for me like he was there on uh football trip and the way I seen it was he got to go home and celebrate and just carry on his life where I had to go home 
and my whole life had changed. I had to then go to a clinic and get tested for everything and sitting in a clinic and having all that stuff done to you, I felt disgusting. I felt as if, well, what if I've got HIV? What if I've got this? And he's completely ruined my life and he just gets to go about his life as normal. Yeah, and that anger has probably stayed with you like all this time, hasn't it? Yeah, 100%. And I know that when you came home, obviously you've already said he was on a football trip, he was part of a football team. Mm -hmm. You would be constantly checking social media, checking checking up on him really weren't you yeah um they went away every year for this football trip so every year i would look where he was going next and think right well that's where i can't go on holiday for one yeah and secondly what if he's on holiday again and does the exact same thing to all these other people and it's my fault that he wasn't caught yeah like so i've actually give him the opportunity to do it to other people and that's a that's a lot of guilt to be hanging around your head when it's you know it's not your fault but you carry that guilt with you. Yeah, it's tough, but you just you the first thing you do is you blame yourself. Yeah. You think about all this. What if I hadn't done this? What if I'd done this? It you torture yourself and that other person. It's not even crossing their mind. Yeah, and the hard thing is that you have experienced it firsthand where not everybody believed your story. And I think that was Mm -hmm. maybe a huge thing for you as well, because it's so hard when you're not believed, when your voice isn't heard. Did that make like your recovery from that harder? I think that was my biggest fear was telling my family what had happened, because if they didn't believe me, like you hear so many stories of, people wanting to get back at their exes or whatever and they say this happened and nobody believes you. Because like I say, you don't have that proof. So people just have to take your word for it. So I remember my brother actually coming up to the house after a few days because my friend couldn't get hold of me and I'd locked myself in the house. So he came up and he literally took one look at me and he knew straight away. Yeah. So having someone believe you it was such a relief. It was like a weight off your shoulders that, right, okay, it's not all me. Yeah, it's not all in your head. Yeah. It did actually happen. Yeah. You start doubting yourself. Yeah. Because I then kept thinking, right, well, did I make this part up? Did I do this? And I was like, why are you doubting yourself? You know yeah. you know yourself what happened, but because other people aren't believing you, then your story changes. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's probably fair to say that you went into a party mode oh yes so this was my thing a lot of people think that when this happens you will shy away from any relationships or yeah yeah. well relationships wasn't something that I wanted to get into I went the opposite way where my only worth was sex so if somebody showed that interest then that's what I had to do it wasn't for my enjoyment or anything like that it was that's the way things were supposed to be that I was basically then just an object yeah so I had started doing a lot of drugs I was drinking more and like I say anyone that had approached me I was like fine well that's what I'm worth just let me know when you're done and then I can leave yeah and that's hard like in 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 some respects you were like a shell of yourself oh, yeah. still even though it wasn't because you were shying away it was the complete opposite but mm-hmm. you just weren't yourself 
So like, what was the, what would you say was like the changing point? And obviously, who you are today is completely different to to sort of that Kerry when you were partying and and you were doing all that. Like, what changed? Well, I'd actually eventually told. Well, my brother told my mum, and she then wanted me to come over and be with her. Um, in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd actually thought the best thing was to just if I moved I could leave it all behind which didn't actually work when I first came over to Scotland I was the same um I'd actually had a boyfriend when I came over and he was wanting to cook me meals take me out places and I was like no why are you doing things like this that's not what I'm about it's I'm here for one thing and then you can leave me alone and it was actually him that that brought it out yeah, of you, wasn't it? Yeah, he was actually because no one in Scotland knew about it, so he had seen from the way that I changed that something had gone on. So he actually made me sit down and talk about it, and it took then for me to break, mm-hmm. to then him tell me that it wasn't my fault and that's not what he wanted from me. So to see that there was people out there that actually wanted me for me and not just for my body yeah and um since then like have you found it more comfortable to speak out about it obviously you're quite you know you you haven't gone and told the whole world about it yet (laughs) after today maybe um but at that point did you feel more comfortable to sort of openly talk about it with people that you really trusted yeah it, it took a while um it tended to come up and i didn't have very many long-term relationships but um I had maybe two and I did explain to them because I suffered panic attacks so I knew that when I did have a trigger I wasn't actually in my mind it was I would lash out and I needed them to know like why I would do this (laughs) and certain things not to do around me because I knew what would trigger me and as well like I've seen in you as well obviously since you've been here when you do meet somebody a lot of the time well not now but in the past you have apologized for who you are Mm -hmm. before you've even spoken to somebody do you think that like all stems from that moment I think a lot of it does I think my personality changed dramatically after that because like I say I would speak to anyone now I sort of keep my distance from big crowds especially I'll keep my distance until I figure them out and then I'll start speaking to people and I have had like when people approach me on a night out the first thing I think of is panic yeah and I have been there and witnessed it yeah. when somebody triggered something in you and you just flipped didn't you and you just ran yeah see this was for me I thought I'd put it all behind me and we were actually friends with this person. Yep. So I didn't expect to be triggered, but all he had done was pick me up. Yep. And obviously I wasn't expecting it. And it was like a flashback. Yep. So I wouldn't normally <laughs> like take it out on him, but it just brought back everything. And it wasn't as if it was him standing in front of me. No. So I had just ran away as quick as I could and I actually I didn't even know where I was because I remember running to work but what should have took me maybe 10 minutes 
it was ours. So yeah. I must have run round the town a few times first because I couldn't find my way. Yeah. And um, yeah, like that's hard to deal with. But obviously you have started to deal with it. And obviously, to hopefully today discussing it and being really honest, which is really brave and it's taken a lot of courage for you to do that. Hopefully, obviously, you can start to help other people and know that it's safe to be in a safe place to talk about it as well. But you've obviously, you know, you have changed in terms of, you know, who you surround yourself with, Mm -hmm. you know, the type of people that you're friends with now or that you do open up to. That's probably been a big turning point for you as well, wouldn't it? But for me now, like my friendships a lot of thought goes into them. Yeah. It's not a matter of just seeing someone on the street and go, okay, you can be my best friend now too. <laughs> it's, I get to know people and I am quite closed off until I do get to know people until you can actually see my proper side of me. Yeah. Um. Until then I can be quite quiet. But a lot of people as well, I'll have, like they'll say to me that I'm such a confident person and... I put on this whole show for everyone to see. Like, that's, it's not me. It's what I need them people to see. Yeah. It's only the people that are closest to me that will see the other side of me. And I think as well, the way you have in the past maybe dealt with things is that if something were to come up that you're not sure of or you think, oh, that's touching a nerve, you've just sort of shut down and think, no, I can deal with this myself, I can deal with this myself. And that, again, has stemmed from that point. But now, you know, you are finding better ways to to cope with certain situations and to talk about it and to be more open. Yeah, well, it was like back then I would shut down, deal with it myself. And the only way that I could ever deal with things happening was anger. So I would I would never take anything out on anybody. I wouldn't hit anybody, but it was like punching walls and yes, that I'd done self-harming and everything. It was hurting myself. Yeah. But, because, like, I always find, I was always bandaged up with my knuckles because I would just punch a wall. You know you're not going to win against a wall. No. And but, I've seen it happen here oh, as well yeah. on a night out. Yeah. And, you know, you've woken up and you've gone, well, I punched a wall last night. I was like, what? Yeah, like it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> but again, this is, like, all of what you have kept hidden for mm-hmm. so long, like, coming out in little bits. See, even this week, it it has obviously played on my mind with everything yeah. in the media. You know that things are going to trigger you, but I haven't put as far back as I obviously thought I had, yeah. and it'll come out every so often. So by speaking about it, then hopefully that'll help me and help others. Yeah. So what would you say to anybody that is maybe listening that has gone through something similar and they just don't know what... What's their next best step to take? I see, this is happening a lot more than people realise because people don't speak about it. No. You will usually find maybe 80% of people that this happens to, they won't talk about it. So it's, people just think it doesn't happen. Unless they have got physical signs of it happening to them, then they just get on with it. But if they want to continue on and have this keep happening to them where they're triggered by all this stuff then you keep it to yourself but if you want that closure you need to find someone that you trust I'm not saying do what I'm doing (laughs) and go and tell everyone but 
even that one person that you trust, just speak to them. You will actually, you'll be amazed how much of a relief it is for you and it's a weight off your shoulders. And you've started like a lot of personal development as well, haven't you? Yeah. Has that helped your mindset? Yeah, well, like I say, my go-to was just always get angry. Whereas now I, through my personal development, I now find solutions for things. So I will sit and think them through before I fly off the handle yeah. and think, right, have I got any control over this? Can I fix it? If I can, I'll do what I can to fix it. If I can't, then why work myself up? Because I can't change it. Yeah. So it's a matter of, right, is it going to affect me in 10 years time or whatever? If it's not, let it go. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And it, it takes a lot to just let it go. Yeah, oh, it does. <laughs> Especially after somebody who has always tried to control a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was my worst thing with this is I lost control. Yeah. So, and a lot of people might find that, like I said, people say that they would do this and they would do that. You don't physically know until you're in that situation what you would do. No. Your body just goes into fight or flight. Yeah. So I always thought I would be fight because of my personality. I thought that's the way my reaction would be, but obviously not. And again, like now being a mum as mm-hmm. well, do you find that the way that you react to certain situations regarding your daughter or um, maybe things that are said to you, do you find that you are quite overreacting maybe on I, certain situations? I'm very, very <laughs> overprotective. Even my little girl says all the time that I'm too much. It's just you don't want anything to happen to them and I take that to the extreme. So anything that's happened to me, I then, it gets put on her because I'm trying to keep her safe. From, yeah. yeah, I'm trying yeah. to keep her safe and stop the things happening to me or to her that did to me. Yeah. Which you can't, again, you can't control, but that's, that's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> but you're working on it. I'm trying. It. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so to anybody listening, um, Kerry has already said, like, you know, if you need somebody to talk to, if that person is her, please just reach out. Yeah. Um, and she is willing to talk to anybody if it just helps even one person deal with anything that has happened to them. Um, or maybe it's happening to one of your friends and you just don't know how to support them as well. Like, you know, yeah. we're both here for in, in that sense as well. But thank you, Kerry, for trusting me to share your story. Thank you very much. <laughs> we got through it. <laughs> and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in again. And believe it, achieve it, it's yours.